0: Welcome to Ackerman Education Podcast, supporting the needs of teachers in education today. I'm Malka Ackerman. Here, I will answer your questions and challenge you to lesson plan more purposefully, creatively and effectively, to build culture more intentionally, and to improve your awareness and responsiveness to the needs and goals of your students. Join me as we empower one another and create conditions for our ultimate goal, improved student learning. Welcome to episode three of the Ackerman education podcast. In this episode, we will discuss how to use the tools of effective communication to improve student learning by engaging with students and their parents. Communication is both expressive and receptive. The expressive part is when I give instructions, guide students through a lesson or share my perspective. The receptive part is when I understand who am I speaking to and when I'm open to truly hearing what they have to say. I need to consider what it is that I'm trying to communicate and recognize that I need to be open prepared and ready to receive information as well. To be a strong communicator, an individual needs to be skilled at delivering information as well as listening and responding. I remember every job interview I went on when I was a teen. What are your strengths? They would ask excellent communication skills. Someone must have counseled me that this was a pretty important skill. And so on every job interview that I went on, I pretty much just accepted that it is and that I had it. And I thought that, well, I'm a good communicator because I could argue a point really well and I'm comfortable in a crowd. And then life happened and I learned that just because I could share my perspective really well, doesn't mean that I'm a good communicator. To be a communicator, I must do more. I must hear what the other is thinking, understanding, feeling, and expressing. It's like the college professor who goes into an eighth grade classroom and starts lecturing on high level physics. No, he may be brilliant, but he is not communicating well. My first exposure to listening as a form of communication was in one of my master's courses. My professor was obsessed with the skill of active listening, being able to express to the speaker through body language and guiding questions that you are curious to hear more about what he or she has to say. So wanting to rock this class, I rocked active listening. And this is certainly something that, I would not have learned without practice. This started me on a journey of noticing what skills can be developed and taught in life. With some knowledge and intentional actions, you can strengthen your communication skills too. And that's what I'd like us to work on today. It starts with an understanding of how our communication skills support us in our role. As a teacher, strong communication skills support us in our ultimate goal of student engagement and student learning. They also support us in a more specific goal, that of parental engagement and parental support. We are there to guide students and challenge students in their learning. Naturally, our students are going to resist and we need to be comfortable with this. A healthy amount of resistance coupled with Encouragement and a push of, I know you can succeed. I have, ha- I have seen you do this before. Should push our students enough to get them to work hard. You are not there to get the students to like you. You are there to provide a safe and helpful space for them to learn. So what can you do to support their learning? How much to share? How much to hold back? These are the ultimate questions that should guide the way you communicate with your students. Now, when it comes to communicating with parents, you do need to get the parents on your team. This doesn't mean that the parents are making the decisions for you and it doesn't mean that you are planning your lessons to please them. But parents will be more likely to support you and encourage you or rather encourage their kids if they understand how you run your classroom what is expected of students and how they can offer support to their children. Every time you communicate, you should think of the goal, parental engagement and support in order to support student learning. Through effective, proactive, goal-oriented communication, we can establish buy-in from students and their parents. We can do this by one, Communicating regularly, positively, and clearly. Be clear with your procedures and expectations. And two, offering timely and specific feedback to support learning. I've broken this down into two parts. First, I will discuss the skills and frame of mind that support proactive communication. And then I will discuss the structures that can systematize and streamline it. Part one, the skills and mindsets to help you rock communication. One, say what you mean and mean what you say. If students need to be on time for class before the bell rings, then tell them they need to get to class before the bell rings and enforce it. If they have a two minute window, then tell them that too. But if you don't enforce getting to class before the bell all year, and then one day you mark students late for just that, you're going to have some very unhappy students. Say what you mean, give clear instructions, mean what you say, enforce it. Just last week at the swimming pool with my sister, I saw this play out. The pool was open. They were able to open with strict masks and social distancing rules. There is a big sign at the entrance and on the website. You may not enter the locker room without a mask, but every day countless people go in and out without masks. The front staff is not communicating enforcement of the mask rule. One day, last week, one of the lifeguards took matters into her own hands and did not allow people in without masks. People were frustrated and aggravated. I just got here. You want me to get all my kids back in the car, to take them home, to pick up new masks. Are you kidding me? So where did the staff go wrong? it was because they weren't consistent with their communication. If everyone knows they need to wear a mask, no matter what, there is no room for aggravation. Clear expectations and consistency in the enforcement of those rules puts everyone on the same page. If everyone knows the rule and we are enforcing the rule, then there is no room for frustration. When communicating, think about how your students and parents are going to internalize what you are communicating with them when people are unsure of what is going on there is often frustration disappointment annoyance and conflict and while you can't prevent all conflict you can minimize it by thinking buy-in saying what you mean and meaning what you say number two begin with the end in mind what are you hoping to get out of the communication exchange Are you looking for a back and forth with a goal of understanding student or parent perspective? Here, a scheduled conversation might be best, but are you looking to convey feelings of empathy and connectedness where appropriate listening and body language will help you convey this? Or is your primary purpose to be efficient and clear? Probably an announcement or email update will be the most successful here. Understanding your goals will help you determine how to have the conversation. So begin with the end in mind. Number three, listen. We jump to conclusions all the time. It's what makes us respond quickly and effectively to our surroundings. That noise, it's a car backing up. I don't have to think very hard to jump out of the way because my brain is wired to make connections and jump to conclusions. But jumping to conclusions too quickly and regarding people can lead to bias and judgments. So we must train ourselves to listen. We listen so that we can learn, so that we can help, support, guide, and challenge what is really going on without jumping to conclusions. Listening is also a strategy to use in places of conflict to make sure the student or parent feels heard. Yes, you are the teacher, but that doesn't mean you need to, or should solve every problem. When you find yourself about to jump in to fix someone's problem, stop yourself. Here's the rule when it comes to children, according to Dr. Becky Goboa: Don't solve a problem that they can solve themselves. So if a student keeps messing up, as long as their frustration level is at a minimum, stay out of it. Listen to their process, but stay out of it. Smaller successes will build their ability to problem solve, help them gain confidence, And prepare them for larger problems and learning opportunities in the future when it comes to parents there are no real rules but unless they specifically ask for your suggestion be there to listen four see from another perspective we all come at life from our unique experience and perspective both in times of conflict and not each person views what they encounter with their particular lens I have a more analytical perspective and I I am immediately trying to understand trends where someone else may respond more emotionally to a circumstance. In the Six Thinking Hats exercise, hats are designated colors to represent six different lenses that people view the world through. The Changing Hats exercise has individuals move the hat around, literally, and come at it from someone else's perspective. So, for example. You see a student misbehaving, how does the parent see the student? Now along with seeing from another perspective comes giving the benefit of the doubt. Considering all the various approaches allows you to the best to do the best for student learning. Five, validate. To validate means to recognize the thoughts and emotions of someone else. It does not mean to agree necessarily, but rather to accept and support someone else and what they are feeling. According to Elizabeth Bernstein in an article entitled, Worried About a Difficult Conversation? Here's advice from a hostage negotiator. The body responds to validation with the release of oxytocin. Now, I'm a science person, and understanding the science behind validation really helped me understand how I can utilize this. To my advantage, oxytocin is a hormone, often referred to as the love hormone that travels throughout our blood and binds to receptors that interpret the presence of the hormone as feeling good. When you validate someone else, you assist in the release of this feel-good hormone. This then allows them to be more open to what you have to say too. Validate the thoughts and feelings of students and parents to encourage understanding, engagement, and buy-in. Six, use plain English. The way we deliver the message can be just as important as the actual message. The language you use should be clear, transparent, and easy to understand. Number seven, give quality feedback specifically related to assignments. The goal of giving feedback is to create the conditions for student learning, not to overwhelm them. Here are some tips related to giving feedbacks. Consider the type of feedback you are going to give before you assign the assignments. Feedback could be nonverbal. It can be a smile, a pat on the back. Reference a specific skill or specific knowledge when giving feedback. Concentrate on one ability or skill at a time. Utilize rubrics. Comment on the process, not the product. Keep it objective and impersonal. Well timed feedback will have more of an impact than delayed feedback and ensure that your students have understood the feedback. And number eight, communicate early and regularly. Communicate your classroom policies, structures, and schedules. Provide students and parents with the knowledge of what to expect to encourage their engagement. This is what's going on this week in our classroom. This is what happened last week in our classroom. This is what the student completed. This is a highlight of student work. Your role is to communicate the specifics of what's going on in your classroom. Communicate specifics regularly regarding individual student progress and leave a data trail, which will prevent you from having to backtrack later. Consider this example. You are preparing for parent-teacher conferences with the mom of a particularly difficult student. You sit down to get ready for this conversation. What is going to be a difficult conversation? It would be a lot less difficult if it didn't happen so infrequently. If you and she are prepared for that conversation, and if you have data of previous correspondence, clearly communicated structures, it will make this conversation more about the student and procedures as much as you can and as little personal as possible. Proactively communicating early and regularly will help you gain support and parent engagement student learning. Seek feedback and respond to feedback. You are a master feedback seeker because this is what you do as a teacher. You ask your students all the time what they have understood and what difficulties they are still having. You create formative and summative assessments, and then you modify your instruction based on where students are at. This is you seeking and responding to feedback. I encourage you. Do the same for the non-content related skills. Give parents and students a chance to respond and don't only accept, but utilize and respond to the feedback from them. People want to feel heard. It will help them buy in. You want to do the best you can for student learning. So seek out feedback and there might be something there that will be of value to you. Part two, how to streamline the process. These are suggestions of systems that you can set up to keep yourself on task and to set yourself up for goal-oriented, proactive communication every time. One, schedule it. Determine how often you will communicate with students and parents and schedule it. It would also benefit you to decide in advance what information is going into those announcements to streamline the process. Some examples of what can go into weekly updates is what to look forward to, reminders of expectations. Perhaps use a template. Number two, create a master list. Create a master list of every student and record with check marks or dates, when you spoke with parents, and using what modality. Three, use forms for progress reports. Using a template normalizes the feedback process and speeds up the time required to give it. The value of a template is You just need to fill in the categories and not write a lengthy email or risk a phone conversation that you don't have time for. You can create your own template or progress report with the following categories, student name, what the student is working on, the reason for the update and next steps. Use a template and save time. Four, store contact information in an accessible place. Make sure you have easy access to parent contact information if your school doesn't have a system that makes this information easily available for you to use. I suggest setting up an Excel list or Google Forms of parent emails and phone numbers. You can also store emails in Google Contacts as groups so you can find them easily. The time spent on preparing this system will save you so much time throughout the year. You don't want the absence of easy to access contact information to prevent you from sending that email out or making a phone call. Finding a way to streamline the process changes the game. Number five, organize your emails. Don't open your emails until you have time to respond or if you have opened them, mark them as unread or organize them into folders to get back to them. Responding to emails and phone messages in a timely manner is a core component of professionalism and making both parents and students feel heard and connected. Set up the system to prevent errors and forgetting to respond. Number six, schedule time for follow-up. Even quick feedback takes time, depending on the number of students and assignments that you are given. Try not to play the avoidance game of pretending that if you don't plan for it, it will go away. Rather, schedule time to grade time to give feedback. Arguably, feedback is more important than your expertly designed slides or finding the perfect activity to introduce a new topic. Some suggestions to make this easier for you are to alternate due dates when possible or research and play around with systems that allow for a quick one minute but effective feedback. Schedule office hours so that students can get a hold of you or so you know that your time is set aside and Have a place where you record meetings and emails that you sent out. Number seven, model the process. Educate students on how to give and receive feedback from one another. Model receptive body language and tone of voice. Encourage active listening that we listen to encourage more from the speaker. During full class discussions, give students the language and sentence structures to use to agree, disagree and develop what another student is saying. Show them how to turn toward one another when they are speaking. Modeling is a very important form of teaching and you may notice that just modeling is not enough. It needs to be taught directly in that case. You can build communication skills directly into your lessons, which brings us to number eight. Build social emotional connection and communication into your lessons. Remember the goal, buy-in. Connected students feel secure in their learning environment can bounce ideas off one another, and can respond to feedback and challenge themselves. Build trust within the classroom environment through working on community building and communication with your students. I am here for you. Our school is here for you. Through building emotional connection, you can enable your students to be the best learners that they can be. And there you have it. How to use the tools of effective communication to improve student learning by engaging with students and their parents. I'd like you to think about if there was a particular mindset that spoke to you as something you want to work on as you approach next year. How are you going to communicate proactively? How are you going to communicate for buy-in? And is there a structural change that you are going to make to ensure that this process is more streamlined? so that you can actually achieve the goals that you set out to achieve. I'd love to hear from you. So please leave me your feedback, reach out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ackerman Education Podcast.